Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Carrington Smith about blooming, the gratitude project, and finding gifts all around us. Carrington Smith, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you. It was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit in the pre-interview. And we've been preparing for this episode for a while now. I'm super excited to talk about gratitude and how we can keep an optimistic, positive mindset as we look for the gifts all around us in life, in our home relationships, our community relationships, but also in the workplace. And you know, we're, we're living in a day and age with a lot of strife, a lot of challenges. There's no question that there's a lot of heartache in the world and a lot of um, frustrations and, and uh, pain and suffering. Frankly, you know, a lot of people in organizations are feeling burnt out. That's part of the reason why people are looking for greener pastures and switching jobs and going to other places. You know, there's a time and a place for all of that. Like sometimes we need to get out, we need to move, we need to make a change and that's fine. Um, But we also, I think part of it's mindset and part of it is just our ability to recognize the good that's around us, to recognize um, the value in all of the blessings and gifts that we, that, you know, we, we experience each and every day and sometimes kind of get buried underneath the challenges and, and all of the other frustrations that we might be experiencing. So that's what we're going to be exploring today. Uh, I know you work on something called the Gratitude Project and with the Blooming Foundation. So we're going to talk about what those are. And we're going to talk about basically how can we look for the good around us so that we can thrive. As we yeah. get started, I wanted to share Carrie's bio with everybody. Carrie Smith worked as a trial lawyer for seven years and then left the practice of law to pursue her passion for connecting people, businesses, and ideas. Today, as the owner of an executive search firm, a keynote speaker, and a Forbes Human Resources Council member, she finds joy in helping companies and executives make authentic value-based connections that align with their long-term goals. She created Blooming Foundation to help the disadvantaged women and especially single moms get a hand up. She resides in Austin, Texas with her two teenage boys, the greatest source of love and joy in her life. I think that is fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? I think you got it covered. (laughs) Well, very, very good. So why don't we start? Tell us a little bit about the Blooming Foundation. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the gratitude project. 
Sure. So the, in this last year, I wrote a book. Uh, it's available on Amazon. It's called Blooming, Finding Gifts in the Shit of Life. <laughs> and I use that word very intentionally because it is, it's a double entendre, basically. We, you know, we refer you know, colloquially on a daily basis about all the shit we've got going on or all the horrible things going on. But the reality is that shit is quite literally fertilizer. And basically it's the hardships in our life that if we go back and we really look and examine them, that's where we find the gifts that we need to grow and bloom into our greatness. So in conjunction with the book, I launched the foundation, Blooming Foundation. I always knew I wanted to have a foundation. I've always been passionate about helping others. But as I was writing the book, I really keyed into how, like myself, a lot of single moms, you know, really don't get the support they need, particularly if they don't have any family. Um, you know, you think of Mother's Day and all the married moms are having spa days or going to Mother's Day brunch. And the mothers that work the hardest, the single moms, don't get any recognition. It's just another day taking care of the kids. And so the foundation is to provide support and resources to particularly single moms who need a hand up or a day off. Yeah. 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 That's really, really awesome. Uh, and I applaud you for those efforts. Uh, it's, it's really tremendous. The reality is, again, like you said, we all deal with stuff. I, by the way, I love the title of your book. It's, you. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, we all deal with it, right? We all we have do. stuff and, and some people have to deal with more than others for sure. And certainly disadvantaged and marginalized populations have to deal with even more uh, than, than, than others. And so if we can just recognize, you know, and validate the fact that, yeah, there are hard things that everyone's dealing with. We don't want to sweep it under the rug. We don't want to ignore it. It's not about being Pollyanna-ish Pollyanna um, and pretending like everything's good when it's not. That's not what we're no, talking about. No. Um, so, so maybe you can lay out a little bit of the difference, you know, for someone who might be skeptical and say, well, yeah, we're, we're just going to put blinders on and pretend like yeah. everything's fine. How is what you're talking about a little bit different? Right. Well, so in my book, I walk through some truly horrific experiences that I've been through. I'm going to open the book with um, being raped in college. And it's one of those events where people go, well, how can you find good in that? And I walk the reader through the journey of how horrible it was and all the work it took to get to the other side of it. So I don't I mean, the worst thing you can do is shove something under the, under the rug. I mean, I refer to trauma as like the monster under the bed. If you don't deal with it, it will come back and get you. So you have to face it. But what I'm saying is once you get to the other side, and actually even as you go through the trauma, one of my favorite sayings is with adversity comes opportunity. And if you can embrace that as you're going through something truly hard, and really difficult. If you have that in the back of your brain, you're looking for the opportunity in it or the gift in it. So at least, you know, I mean, it's on some level, there's something on the other side. And so going through a lot of difficult experiences in my life, I learned that by going back, examining them and actually claiming them, I was able to discover the gifts in the horrific experience. And for instance, with being raped, I learned that I had incredible emotional resilience and that I was a survivor. 
And then by using that gift from that experience, it helped to propel me through life and really helped me professionally in that it's kind of like, once you've been through something that hard, it's like, this is nothing, you know, (laughs) I've been through some really difficult stuff. I can handle a lot. And another example I use in my book is about the gift of intuition. And I had a really hard childhood. I had um, a malignant narcissist for father who, you know, we never knew when he was going to blow up at any given moment. And so I was always walking on eggshells. And so as an adult, someone said to me, you know, what's your greatest gift you have? And I said, well, it's intuition. And they said, well, where did you get that from? And it dawned on me that I got it from, you know, kind of growing extra long nerve endings, trying to always navigate when he was going to blow up next. As a young child, I developed this superpower of intuition to help me survive. But as I got older and left that environment, it became this massive gift, in particular with what I do now in executive search. I meet people, I immediately know things about them that no one else in the room does. It's really a gift. But it's a, the other thing about learning that, that that was a gift that I got from that experience, is it helped me to forgive my father. I suddenly realized if I had gratitude for the gift that I received, I had to have gratitude for the path that birthed it. Boy, that's a hard concept. But once I realized, wow, I wouldn't have this gift if I hadn't gone through that and I wouldn't change anything, it helped me reach a place of forgiveness for my father um, and really embrace the gift and move past all that stuff in the in the past. Yeah. And, and not to excuse any bad behavior and, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing all of that with me and with my audience. And, and I'm so sorry you had to deal with those things. And again, not to, sh- to, to, uh, give a pass to any bad behavior to anybody, but to also, you know, to just recognize that hurt people hurt people, right? Right. We all have baggage and we all have scars and, and those who tend to hurt people the most often tended to be those who were hurt the most, particularly in their youth and formative years. And so that, again, doesn't excuse bad behavior, but it allows us to have a little bit of compassion and forgiveness for people uh, who may do and say hurtful, damaging things. Right. Uh, as we, and, and then what that does is it's just freeing, right? So we don't, have to, we don't have to uh, ruminate on those things that cause pain and and again, acknowledge the pain, but we don't have to ruminate on it and sit in that forever. We can learn and grow and heal and move past it. And then recognize as you've done, recognize the the good that has come from it. The, 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 the things we have learned, uh, perhaps, perhaps it's just things we've learned that we never want to do or things that yeah. we, we know we, we hope to be different with our kids in the future or, or a different kind of a boss in the workplace. Um, that's a great lesson to learn. And, and it, that is a gift, even if it came from a, a painful source. Exactly. And as you say, you know, bad pe- people often come from, you know, they've experienced those bad things themselves. That's true. And it does help you find empathy. But one of the things I also emphasize in my book is the importance of the choices we make on a day-to-day basis. And for me, having been through those experiences, I could have turned out quite differently. And it was those everyday choices that I wanted to be somebody else. And I wanted to take a different path that really have mattered in guiding me through life. 
And also the importance of mindset, as you said. I mean, I like to say mindset is a muscle. And if you teach your mind to, to operate in a certain way, then it becomes used to operating in that way. And it really helps kind of get you through some of these difficult times. If we start to, to think about this in, in the workplace, you know, I, I love what I do. I work with great people. Um, I'm a professor and I love the university. I love my colleagues at the university, but I also love the consulting work I do. I love the people in my firm that I work with. I love the, the leaders and executives I get to work with in other organizations. I love it. But the reality is, you know, you get people together and there's tensions, right? And, yeah. and hard things happen and feelings get hurt. There are frustrations. And I think of, for example, at the university, I love the university. I love students. I love working with my colleagues, but there are frustrations that occur. And I find that it's, it's, it can be pretty easy to fall into to negative patterns of self-talk, negative patterns of just cynicism and pessimism uh, and, and, you know, get stuck in a rut where instead of recognizing that, you know, most people wake up every day trying to do the best they know how uh, and, and to have a little bit of, um, uh, of generosity towards people right. and, and not assume bad motives when something happens that's frustrating to me, right? Um, that's important. And, and if I'm not careful, I can easily, very easily get into a rut where I'm just looking at everything through a lens of negativity. And that's not healthy. That's not good for me. It's not going to be good for my interactions with colleagues. Um, and, and so I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice that I'm going to, again, not pretend like everything's rosy when it's not, there are right. problems they need to be addressed. And I, you know, sometimes I need, I, I'm going to be the one to, to voice concerns or share with people when I see an issue and I hope that we can resolve it and work towards, you know, overcoming it. Um, those things still need to happen, but if I can do it and frame it from a standpoint of compassion, uh, from a standpoint of empathy, from a perspective of gratitude for this amazing opportunity to work in such a wonderful yes organization with wonderful people serving wonderful students, that, that whole mindset shift then changes the way I am with other people, the way I interact with my team, the way I interact with others at the university, even those who I might be particularly frustrated with. And that's going to lead to better outcomes for everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.
I'm going to say something a little bit radical, I feel like, um, particularly for women. And that is for women, we're not allowed to ever get angry. <laughs> we're just not. I mean, so I like to say you have to reach rage to reach forgiveness. And for me, so when we encounter these difficult people, um, I found that it actually helps to acknowledge the fact, like get in touch with my feelings and say, I am mad right now. For whatever reason, I feel disrespected. I feel I wasn't heard. I feel like this person was insensitive, but I do it um, in my spin class. <laughs> and I will be express my anger while the music is loud and nobody can hear me and I will let it out that I am angry. I will shout. But as I do that, I acknowledge that emotion and I let it move through me. And then I've said, okay, I've done, you know, I've, I've been angry. Now, how can I move past this and find a path that's a positive path to working around the situation or working through it or working with the people? But I think that sometimes we try to bury those emotions and just be like, okay, we're going we're to make this good. I just, you know, you have to acknowledge the emotion and work through it, like let it go. I mean, obviously in a healthy way, but I think we do a lot of damage to our bodies by suppressing those emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Burying emotions is, is a surefire way to cause anxiety and stress, and it's going to come out right. and it's almost never going to come out in, in a, a good way. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. we either, either through negative coping mechanisms that we might, you know, uh, take on or through, you know, blowing up at people or, yeah. or whatever. Right. It, it just yeah. usually doesn't come out in a healthy way. So, yeah. so I love, you know, your spin class. That's awesome. Uh, a couple ways that I do the same thing, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I go down to my basement where I have a little workout set up and I have like a heavy bag and I can put on my boxing gloves and, and go at it. If I've had a particularly stressful meeting, um, you know, just take it out on the bag and, and express and, you know, people, um, have different approaches to mindfulness, meditation, prayer, whatever. And this may sound sacrilegious to people, but I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person and I, and I, um, you know, I consider myself a hopeful agnostic. I, I don't know that God's there, but I, I act as though God is there and I, and I pray and I find prayer to be helpful and, and sustaining. Um, but I'm not afraid to like, let God have it. So sometimes, you know, I kind of, I kind of unleash and I, and I usually do it when I'm walking my dogs at the park and I have some kind of alone time. I'm out in nature. I'm with my dogs. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm yelling at God a little bit. And again, maybe people will find that sacrilegious. I find it very, um, free. Liberating. Yeah. <laughs> liberating. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're communicating with him about what's upsetting you. And I mean, I think that's, you know, part of the process, right? I mean, you know, God is a loving God. He's going to be listening and, you know, helping you figure that out. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so there, there's a lot of different ways to do it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say yeah. and, and do what works for you, but don't right. bury it, address Absolutely. it. Sometimes that means counseling. Sometimes that means um, therapy and, and other types of uh, approaches. Sometimes it's just having a good friend that you can vent to, to yeah. or, or just you know, where you can be seen and heard. So yeah. all of those are really, really important, but then to, to be able to get past it, you know, so yeah. you can move on in a healthy way is also important. Uh, so another big thing that you're working on is what you call the gratitude project. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So, um, probably about a decade ago, I had a girlfriend who was 
had just had really a lot of really negative career experiences and she had gotten, she'd become negative Nellie basically. And she was getting hard to be around. And so I was trying to figure out how I could help her. And in the process, I ended up helping myself. Um, I said to her, why don't we do something? Let's call it the gratitude project. I said, let's have one statement of gratitude every day that we share with each other. And let's do one act of kindness or act of service every day and share that with each other and hold each other accountable. Let's do it for a month. And we did that. And what was funny is, first of all, we, we came to an agreement on what constituted an act of service or kindness. And since we both were already involved with philanthropy, it made us actually take stock and realize the things we were doing because we never gave ourselves credit. You know, we were still we were just living with all this guilt of not doing enough, but it helped us acknowledge what we were doing. And on the days that we weren't doing something, we were actively looking for something to do, even if it was holding the door open for somebody, or there was one night I hadn't done anything. And I was like, let me do the dishes for one of my friends. Like, so it, it completely shifted our mindset towards actively looking to do things for others and actively looking, you know, finding gratitude. And at first it was like, we were saying the same, or I'm grateful for the same things again and again, and then it, it morphed outwards. And by the end of the month, the surprising thing by sticking to this was how it absolutely transformed our lives. And she moved from negative Nelly to a positive mindset to by the end of the month, she had her dream job. I mean, and she's to this day has been so positive and touched so many lives. And for me, I it just expanded my gratitude and it changed my mindset and helped me realize the power of gratitude in doing things for others. And just, and like literally if it's holding the door open or giving up a, a you know, parking spot, it's just always having that frame of mind that just is so transformative. And so in conjunction with the book, I tell, I tell that story in the book, um, we launched the gratitude project where we actually have um, 30 days of gratitude prompts. And I, I feel like that just helps people, you know, um, and then suggestions for acts of service. And we encourage people to pair up with somebody and, and try this for themselves. So we launched it in January and basically we changed it so it can be, um, it's not attached to any particular date. It's just 30 days but it's available for download on my website, which is carrington-smith.com and anybody can do it. And I really encourage people to try it out because it's surprising how something so simple, particularly when you do it with someone else and you're, you're holding each other accountable, it can absolutely change your life. Yeah. I love that. And the simplicity of it, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't need to be this incredibly complex thing. Just taking moments every day, to, to reflect and to, to express gratitude and thanks to those around us and to, to recognize the good things that are in our lives, yes. to share that with your, your partner, your spouse, with your children, share that with your coworkers, yes. right? And just little small acts of kindness and service can go a really long way. And, you know, so in organizations, for example, we have recognition programs and we have, uh, you know, a variety of different things that organizations put in place. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, and you can give bonuses and you can have an employee of the month and you can do whatever, right? And maybe your people value that. And that's, that's fantastic if they do. But it doesn't need to be anything even 
you know, that structured. It, yeah. It's just, just a matter of, of doing simple things every day. And I think about members of my team and, you know, just taking a moment to let them know you're thinking of them, you know, yes. if we're, we're working remotely, just shooting a message, not to check into like hover and to like micromanage, but to just right. check in, Hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? Yeah. You know, how, you know, maybe, you know, something about their personal life and like, Hey, how, how did that, how did uh, Tommy's concert go last night? Or just like checking in with people and having those connections, those authentic connections with people um, go a long way in helping people to feel valued and just be seen as a be seen. person, That's a, whole, a, big one. Yeah. a whole authentic person with complex lives. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't always remember to do that, but when I do, I, I, I feel better. I can tell that they feel better. And it's just a small thing that may only take a couple minutes out of my day. That um, thoughtfulness is just, it goes so far. I mean, it's, it's so rare for someone to be thoughtful these days because people are so self-involved that when you do that, I mean, it's like a huge deposit in that, you know, relationship bank account. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those deposits build up over time and that's how you're building trust, right? Yes. And yeah. how you're built, how you're building relationships and it can happen in the workplace. I would encourage listeners to think about like, what are some basic things you could do? Maybe you, you institute the gratitude project in your team. Uh, and it doesn't need to, you know, some people might say, well, that's just warm, fluffy, uh, fuzzy stuff. And that, that, you know, it's just cheesy and nobody, eh. I mean, some people may feel that way at first, but People like to be complimented. People like to have their contributions acknowledged. And if you do it in authentic ways, I, I think it'll be appreciated. I think of, I don't know if you've seen the show, Ted Lasso, um, yeah. but that's something that he does so well. <laughs> he's just so present with people and everyone he's with is important to him. And he's always seeing the good in people and he's always seeing the value that they bring and he lets them know about it, yeah. right? And in that goes such a long way to engendering gratitude and trust and commitment and loyalty and, and just leads to better performance. Absolutely. And then people want to do, they want to perform for you because they feel valued and seen and, and heard and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Carrie, it has been a pleasure. I note the time it has flown by. We could continue uh, and there's so much more to talk about, but for today, we're going to have to come to a close. Before we wrap up though, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you and find out more about your work and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. Well, my uh, personal website is carrington-smith.com, which you can find links to the book, which is also available on Amazon. And again, it's blooming, finding gifts in the shit of life. And uh, the Gratitude Project is also available on that website. Um, you can also find me on all the different social media at Carrington ATX, which is for Austin, Texas. Um, yeah, and then my, my work website. So I also do executive search and that is CarringtonLegal.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carrie. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Carrie and her team can do for you. Check out the Gratitude Project, the Blooming Foundation. Check out her, her business, her book. Uh, I hope everyone can just foster positivity and gratitude in your life and, and share that with those around you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.
Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.